1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host, here, Joe Redman. Just letting you know that the Talksport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor in play betting. Watch the action, predict the action and make your best bet with the latest odds on over 1,000 daily events. 18 plus, be NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live, because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redmond. And as usual, my panellist, I think I need to reiterate that now because a couple of people called you a co-host uh, this week, which it's I'm so not funny. happy about. It's not. It's so you don't do anything. I do all the, look at that. I do all the writing down. You literally just turn up and go, yeah, burn your shit. See you next week. So it, you're a panellist. He said he did all this it.
1: writing. I have never seen a pad before today.
0: Look back at last week's mate. I've been doing it for two weeks. There you go. And normally I just do anyway, it on. Yeah. I,
1: I just do it on notes
0: anyway. Now I've now I've got like a little setup because I work from home. I've started writing it down, so I've got something else behind me. I've got something there as well, and I've got my notes as well. But how are you anyway, panelist?
1: Oh, good. Oh, good. Thank you, mate. Fellow co-host all good
0: (laughs) i I can mute you we will we will remove simon from the stream there we go it's been good having simon on (laughs) no i'm joking i'll bring you back in and everyone everyone saw the secret then by the way it always looks tidy when i'm on stream doesn't it but let's just point out again i'll just quickly do it again look it is not tidy i got me washing there i got some washing up behind me other side that's that that needs doing but when i bring simon in there you go tricks of the trade you
1: can't tell a jot um been up too much mate Nothing, just working as usual, sir, and uh, obviously riveting news this week of transfer deadline and keeping my eye on it all. But Yeah, well,
0: riveting it was not. Um, that we will get onto, obviously. Um, just a few housekeeping things. Obviously, it's the international break at the minute um so there won't be a match preview at the end of this one so the podcast itself could be a little bit shorter um we don't really have too much i know i say i write things down but we don't really have too much of a running order it is just a case that we say what we want and it goes on however long it goes on so it might because of the um emotive issues of what we're doing at the minute with the transfer window and how terrible burnley actually are on the pitch as well we might end up chatting for a little bit longer who knows um we will get onto the international break though uh, there is still plenty to talk about and just more housekeeping stuff as well the contractual housekeeping stuff please do check out our sponsors pitch sport they've been absolutely brilliant to us been sponsoring us for about six months now um it's a brilliant app if you just get onto the app it's available on ios and android it's sort of like a fan hub as i say every single week you go on there you have your say you make your predictions things like that you can even answer questions Um, which I put up there as well. You can respond in writing, audio or video. And as I've said before, if you respond in video, people don't tend to do it um, for some reason. I'm not really sure why. We've had one video response. Graham, shout out, Graham, if you're listening. Um, But yeah, we've had one. But if, if you do it on video, that's my point I'm going to make. I can stick you on the podcast, on the vodcast as well, should I say, so you'll make an appearance on the vodcast on YouTube and live on Facebook on Friday night as well. Um, and another thing about that, this week, the quiz is returning. Uh, so if you are listening to this and you used to enjoy doing the quiz, the quiz is returning this week. It will be on on Friday at 7.30. So the vodcast... Simon
1: Morris will be delighted.
0: Well, this is what's made me bring it back. Because Simon, no, I'm in, in Tesco We with no, Simon Townley. I'm in Tesco with Simon Townley the other day. And I said, where's Simon Morris these days? He don't comment on my streams or anything anymore. And he said that apparently he told Simon's wife about the quiz, asking if the quiz were coming back, and she said she didn't know. So he thought that Simon Marus had fallen out of me. Hopefully that isn't the case, Moretti Marus. um, The quiz, I thought, you know what, I'll bring the quiz back, because a few people have been asking about it, that message in the page, and obviously Simon Marus has asked Simon Townley's wife um, where the quiz was. So I'm bringing it back, because this week we won't be doing a watch-along, because there obviously isn't a game to do a watch-along for. And however, that was... International quiz night. International quiz now. What I was going to say is, the vodcast is normally on Fridays at 7.30, live on Facebook, I'm going to still do it. I'll probably do it either Thursday night or Saturday night. I'm going to aim for Thursday night if I can get everything done. But I am, I will be working. So it will be a case of setting the Premier and not... That really because, I think the, well, the England matches on Thursday night. There you go. It will not be on Thursday night. There you go. Um, it will be, <laughs> be on another <laughs> night. It will be on another... Maybe Saturday night if it's not out of date by then. But... Um, yeah, who knows? I could even do a different stream, an extra stream during the week. We'll see. But yeah, I am doing the quiz. I'm doing the quiz because there's no watch along this week. Um, so I'm just trying to basically get a stream out there. And a lot of people are asking where the quiz is. So it just makes perfect sense um, to bring the quiz back. Um, one more thing I want to say before we get on to it. Um, I have been accused on uh, Twitter this week of being a negative page. Uh, that's fine. Do I don't it. mind.
1: All right.
0: No, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't. I don't mind that because there's not a lot of positivity about it at the moment it for true. Burnley fans. So I don't really understand what what we're supposed to do. Just pretend it's all sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops when it isn't, because quite frankly, it isn't. Um. So yeah, there isn't going to be a lot of positivity in this podcast either, unfortunately. So if positivity is your thing. Turn off because we're going to talk about some of the real things that are happening, not just sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. Anyway, I want to go back to episode
1: one, two about. Episode 1 to 12, where we always... You'll get to know, Joe. He's a negative one and a positive one.
0: Yeah, well, no one's positive at the minute. And if anyone is positive, then you can suck one, because what are you positive for? Anyway, we'll get on to the match. Uh, we do, as Simon just... You mentioned it off-air, actually, so that's irrelevant. Uh, we do do a post-match reaction every single week after the match. It is on, at the end of the watch-along, but then I do clip it up and stick, stick it out on YouTube anyway. So if you want to get our match reaction, a more emotional match reaction, shall I say, which is straight after the game, head over to YouTube, you'll find it on there. Um, but yeah, Newcastle three, Burnley one, Simon, I will let you um, take the reins.
1: It, it was just, it weren't good enough, were it? Again, the defensive errors that you thought Tarky would sort of come in and, and, and fix it, still, still not been fixed. But um, and there were no midfield. I mean, I, I hate to say this because I'm a massive fan of, of of everyone in that squad, really. There's not many people I don't like in that squad. But um, I just think that the, the defence to attack completely bypass the midfield every time. And we are used to that with the long balls, but we always get the second balls. And we weren't even doing that. We weren't getting set pieces, we weren't getting throwings, we weren't getting second balls. So the creativity was shambles in some respects. It just weren't clicking. I think that's a better way to say it. We're just not clicking at the minute. There's something missing.
0: I think at the minute there's too many passengers, too many pedestrians. I think Stevens um, has been pedestrian in both performances. Whether that's his fault or like you say, uh, the ball just bypassing the midfield, I'm not sure. But again, you've just got to look at um, the fact that he's been here for two games. Then two games, he's been very, very quiet and we've been very, very poor. I don't necessarily think it's him that's the issue i think it's dash decided to move brownell out wide i just don't think brownell suits being out wide he obviously is a lot better in the middle i think stevens and Westy are too similar i've said it before um, so I, I think we'll we'll discuss that i think i'm not necessarily want to slag stevens off because i do still feel a little bit sorry for the guy he's just come in he's coming at a poor time for the club when we're not doing very well And there's a lot of negativity around surrounding the transfer window and other things now that the Paul starts of the league. And he doesn't really know his his fellow teammates that well. But what I want to discuss, a lot of people keep throwing blame at the board for certain things. And and I agree the board have got a lot to answer for. We'll talk about the transfer window soon. But for this one, I think Dyche has got a lot to answer for because I don't know why he's so persistent. And he gets stubborn with little things like this like he's done with Hendrick in the past, and he has done the main ones, obviously Joe Hart, not bringing Eaton back in for so long when everyone was just cried out for it. And I've got a worrying feeling now that Stevens in the middle might be the next stub stubborn I am right thing until until it isn't right anymore and he admits that he's wrong. I'm a little bit worried. Brown Get Brownell in the middle. Brownell is far more effective in the middle of the park than he is out wide. Even his brother tweeted it. Now his brother's not going to slag him off, obviously, but I think it's fair to say that obviously if his brother's tweeting that, Brownell will probably feel something similar. Put it this way, if you were the brother of a professional footballer, you wouldn't want to stick something out there that's going to screw him over. So, yeah, what do you think of that, Brownell out wide and Steemers in the middle? I think it's a little bit of a strange decision for me.
1: Well, I can tell you now that the comments on the Facebook and etc. will be rolling in as this goes out on there because I think it's not just us. It's not just the podcast listeners that probably feel this. It's the whole... Fan base feel this. This is a massive thing that we have missed Brownell in midfield, and it's like he's not even on the pitch. Like you said, it's not it's not a criticism to him because I actually think he's amazing in midfield. We've we've loved his energy, his creativity, his drive forward ball. However, on the right, he is a passenger, as you call it. He's surplus in in some respects. It's just not. There's no point in being there. You might as well play a, a wing back, a right back in that position. We spoke about this before, but. For me, if he wants Brownhill to be there, he's got nothing going forward to offer on the right. If he's not as good defensively on the right. I might as well just play a centre-back or a right-back at the right midfield. Because otherwise, what are you using him for? So, yeah, I've got a massive issue with that. Uh, Stevens again, possibly going to be a good signing. I, I do feel like it is time to bed in. But, like you said, we're not really trusting him yet. But he needs to grab the game by the scruff of the next So, give me that ball and I'll, I'll deal with it.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of what Brownell does, like you say, uh, I think you said it on the post match reaction as well. The midfield in the Newcastle game was pretty much bypassed. However, we weren't getting that second ball, and I want to go back to that because it's a good point. I think maybe maybe Brownell's probably a little bit better than Stevens at, at winning that second ball. Who knows? Because there's something now that is. It's happening in midfield. That means the midfield is pretty much. not It's just well, it's not. It's not. It's not getting into the game. They didn't get into the game against Southampton. They didn't get into the game against Leicester. And they're the two games where Brownell has been out wide and Stevens has been in the middle. Like I said, I don't want to criticize Stevens because it's very very early in his Burnley career. But like I said, you're creating two passengers now because Stevens has been a passenger in the middle since he's come in. Um, and now brownell has been a passenger out wide. And couple that with Dwight McNeil being a passenger since the start of the season. And then Nick Pope having a poor performance against uh, Newcastle. And then Kevin Long, again, probably a bit, I wouldn't even call him a passenger, I'd just say he's been poor. I think there's a bit of a difference between being poor and being a passenger. I think that is probably why we're losing to teams as poor as Newcastle quite comfortably.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the, the long thing, I mean, it caused massive debates and I'd like to see what everyone else's opinion is on this. But my opinion is, it is a foul. But unfortunately, I don't want my defender being pushed over that easily either. So, irrelevant, if, if it is a foul, I don't want him being pushed over that. Um, I, I want him to stand strong. Wilson's probably a bit of a unit on, on the side. There's a lot of players that don't look as big as they are until you see him in person. But he, uh, he, just, he didn't really... Give him much of a clout. I didn't give him anything that made me think. Fuck it, Elgave, come on. Until I saw the replay, and I thought, Do you know what? Yeah, it probably is a foul, but still, at the po- at the point that that happened, I didn't think it was a foul, and I think it should have been dealt with.
0: It's one of them, isn't it? I, I, I'm I'm opposite. I don't think it's a foul. I think. He needs to be stronger for me. However, I see your point, and I'll go back to what Jamie Redknapp said um, at half-time, him and Micah Richards. He says that, look, when you look at the modern game, when you see the things that fouls are given for, then stuff like that should be a foul. However, I I get that, and I totally get that point. However, for me, that point should be irrelevant. I know it isn't, but it should be irrelevant, because they shouldn't be fouls themselves. So then that shouldn't be a foul as well. For me, Long has got to be stronger. Like... it, it. I, I, we, we obviously we speak a lot off air and sometimes I think we shouldn't do that because then we forget to say certain things because we've already said it but I think you said at the weekend that like the pitch was wet and it made me think not making excuses for him because like I said I do think he should have been stronger I think because the pitch is wet that's what sends him down because his foot does give away from underneath him he gets a nudge off Wilson then the foot gives way underneath him now what I think has happened there is he's set up as he would be set up normally and if the pitch wasn't wet then his foot wouldn't have slipped and it wouldn't give away underneath him. However, I do still think he, he, he should have been stronger. And I don't think, put it this way, I don't think Taki or Ben Me go down in that situation.
1: No, this is the problem that we have. And I mentioned it so many times that, that I'm sick of saying it. But R11 is a unit. And with that unit, we are a successful team. But you start taking pieces out of it. And unfortunately, we just don't work together uh, successfully. Even when you get a new player, this is why Dad seems to take. To put them in because he probably knows himself that that 11 just knows each other inside out, and it's like when you see the long ball from the wing bats to the striker, the striker's not actually trying to win that ball, he, he's trying to put make the defender out to our midfield to pick up. That's the whole point of that player, and we're not even doing that at the minute. Um, but I think that you said Ben Me is absolutely missing, he, he he's pivotal to that thing, just as Tarky is. Tarky's pivotal to it. Do, we, we cannot he's the better player in, in private because. We all know our opinions of it, but um, yeah, he's pivotal. We need that. You've also got Barsley, who granted he played the last five or six games, I think, at the end of the season. He's starting again. Lawton's injured at the minute, and then you partner that with the new person of Stevens Brownell on the right. It's not exactly our first eleven. Let's put it that way. And if it is the first eleven, it's not in the right order.
0: Yeah, I think someone's. I think I saw um, a tweet somewhere. So, again, forgive me if this isn't factually correct, but we have seven first team players that would be in and around the squad or would be starting. Jay, Ben, me, obviously, Brader, JBG were both massive. Yeah, Jay's Jay's massive. Of course, I think think a a lot of people forget how our running form towards uh, halfway through the First half of last season, so a quarter basically is what I'm trying to say, coincides with Jay coming into the team. Um, uh, him and Wood work brilliantly up top. Uh, I don't think Woody and, and Barnes work as well. Um, I think Jay is, is pivotal, but like you say, we've got Jay missing, we have got Ben Mee missing. Them two are 100% in the starting 11, as JBG is as well. I just think people forget about him a lot of times because he has been pretty much meta glass for the last season. Brady's going to be in and around it as well. Um, Loughton's in and around it as well, probably won't be starting at the minute, uh, but again, Dice does like to rotate between the two anyway, so the chances are he could have been starting for one of the games, who knows, but yeah, there's a lot of first-team players missing, um, and as negative as we all are at the minute, and as I have been, and I've been accused of being, um, we need to remember that, I think, that when these first-team players come in, they're going to be like new signings now, I'm, I'm joking, won't really say that, um. Yeah, it's, it's, a it's a different squad and a different 11, but that is where, in a minute, when we get onto the transfer window comes in, where you need to be strengthening the reserves because the reserves are being clearly being shown as not being good enough. Kevin Long, for me, I don't think is good enough. I actually prefer Jimmy Dunn. I'd rather have Jimmy Dunn in there alongside Talking while Ben is out, and that says a lot because Jimmy Dunn hasn't played a lot of Premier League football at all. Um, but there are other worrying signs as well. We'll quickly go into them. Uh, Pope had a bad game against uh, Newcastle. And I, someone, some people, again, I know I know it happens. Some people have been giving him grief left, right and centre. I think he's had like, what, one, maybe two bad games in his entire Burnley career that I can think of at the top of my head. I'm sure if people come back with like, examples, I might change that. But let's calm down. Pop had a bad game, yeah, um, especially the touch. The touch was an absolute shocker that gave the penalty away. Um, but he's still a class keeper. But that is a little bit worrying for me that he's... he's He's been poor. Um, I'll be a lot more worried if he has a poor second game,
1: though. Oh, all right. There's a, there's probably a lot more to that performance. Number one, your team in front of you is not playing unbelievable. Number two is Pickford's having an absolute stinker at the minute, and you've got an England game coming up. You're probably wanting to say, "Do you know what? I'm ready for that role?" And he's he's took a risk of that back pass, and Dash said so "He's a professional, and he'll take it on board, I'm sure, and, and work forward from it, whatever Dash said." But I think for If that England game isn't coming up this week, he'll just lever that. But I think he feels that he's probably got a chance of being in that first 11. And with that, you need to prove yourself to the Southcates because he ain't picking Tarky, even though he's one of the best defenders because he's not playing a certain part of his game. So I think that that's another pressure on it. But the team in front of you is not playing well and it's not your defence in front of you. And we all know goalkeepers like to orchestrate the defence. So if it's not the same one and you're not confident in it, you're going to probably do things that you're not normally doing.
0: Yeah, good point. I have read something in the Daily Mail today, and I think the Daily Express as well, that Southgate is going to pick some experimental sides coming up. Um, so it's looking like Port will start one of the games, but they've not confirmed which one yet. But don't worry, I'll keep my eyes on everything like I always do. And as soon as I know it, it'll be out on Turfcast as usual. Another one. Go on. Sorry, go on. Is that it? He'll know...
1: No, I was going say, and he'll yeah. know that. So if he wants to yeah. play, yeah, he's trying he... to show so he can do it.
0: Exactly. If he's playing against Wales tomorrow, for example. No, it's not tomorrow, is it? When's it? Friday. Uh, in fact, he showed the England games on Friday. I think you're wrong there. Or is it it's Thursday? Yeah, you did say Thursday. Thursday. My bad. But yeah, tomorrow, as of now we're recording, it is tomorrow uh, when you're listening on Thursday today. If he's playing against Wales on Thursday, he will already know about that and he would have known about that for a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, that does that does add a little bit of pressure. But what I was going to say is that poor, the Pope performance doesn't worry me because it's one bad performance. Dwight, however, has three poor performances. Three pedestrian performances, I think. He's not been poor, he's just not getting into the game like we know he can.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that that might be the build up play, that might be the confidence levels. He's only a young lad, remember. He's not dealt with sort of. He's come into a successful Berlin team that only really has success in his time. You know, we've finished quite well in the times he's been here. His first year, he wouldn't have been asked if we got relegated or promoted. But now it's like a serious sort of turning point, isn't it? Like, this is a proper test for him. Uh, and he'll learn from it. I, he's, there's no doubt he's, a, he's our best player on his day. So, I've always like, said I like to see him in a number 10 role, but we don't play that way. Um, but when we've got our backs against the wall, when we're 1-0 down, I feel like th- he takes it upon himself to come through the middle, take hold of the ball and start passing it left and right with Taylor overlapping and it works so so well and I think I want to see him do that and whether that's a confidence thing he's not doing I don't know yeah
0: it, it could be a confidence thing I think like you say it, it might just um, not I don't want to say not sue that role because he's done that he's done well there before but maybe there's more emphasis the, you don't know like what Dice is telling him to do for example it could be a case of um, he's, he's telling Dwight to defend more this time because he. For whatever reason, because he's on the right or whatever, but that's another thing I want to talk about. He's, he's been on the right as well a lot recently, rather than on the left with Charlie Taylor. I think he was back on the left, however, uh, at the weekend. But maybe it's just a little bit of the the inconsistency of being out there and out wide and, and not really having a position to call his own. Um, or maybe Dwash is all in the back at uh, Dwash Dwight. Dwash. Uh, he's being held back by Dash, is what I meant to say. Um, again, maybe now he feels his game's developed where he should be in the number ten role. Who knows? Uh, it's one of them. But. Um, yeah, I think I think we there's carry a lot of
1: graft on that yeah. left midfield for someone so creative. And I think, yeah. like I mentioned it to you before, that if you put him in a Villa squad where he's got a bit more free reign in that midfield, a bit more sort of, he he would shine a little bit more than what he's doing in this Burnley squad. Because you have to work in this Burnley squad, and we love that as Burnley fans. Uh, we love the graft. We love anyone who can tackle. But like you said, if it's when it's not going your way, there's his part.
0: Yeah, it's um maybe, maybe he's like I said, I've, I've maybe yeah, he's one of them that he's just he's not being let off the reins a little bit at the minute, um, and he was class uh, when he came in. Like I say, it could be pressure and things like that. Um, now, obviously, sorry. Do go you remember on. when
1: we had Trippier though, and Tri- Tri- Trippier had the same issue. Trippier in the championship season, we're bombing forward, dipping balls in, and probably eighty percent of our goals, as ridiculous as it were, came from a deep cross from Trippier. Um, yes. in some he, sort he, of way love and the then guy. and then on the second part of his sort of like the latter part of his Burnley career what about the halfway line if you remember it was like he was told right this is this is your new role this year and maybe maybe like you said Dash has given him a new role but it happened to Trippier the same way and then we ended up losing him to a bigger and better thing so let's hope that we don't lose to, wow. to bigger and better things
0: I think Dwight is one of them that will eventually go on to bigger and better things. I think if you want to play for England as as much as he deserves to, and he should be doing, similar to target to be fair, then he's going to have to get a move, whether it's Leicester, Everton, whatever, or or, or something like that. Or if we go down even somewhere like Palace, for example, because obviously he can't be playing in the Championship, Dwight. Um, but that's one of them where we'll, where we'll see. Um, I mentioned it earlier. We'll quickly do it. Uh, we are sponsored by Pitch Sport. I do upload a question every single week. Now, if you remember rightly, we had issues with the question last week. It wouldn't let me in. Um, and I said that I will read them out this week. Now, what's happened is the video that I have sent to them last week wasn't put up until yesterday, uh, as in Tuesday this week, at the time you're recording. So there's not been enough time for enough people to, to, to put their answer on that one. So I'm not going to read that one out yet. That one I'm going to do next week. Uh, so what I'm going to do this week is going to go back to last week's just quickly pause it before it starts reading out on the podcast, there we go, uh, where I asked, um, what did I ask now? Do you think Dale Stevens will be a good signing? Um, now, there's been a few, obviously, games since this, so a few people's opinion might have changed, but I think we said at the time, in fact, I'll tell you my opinion on it, on it now and back then, I thought it was a good backup signing then. I've seen that he's probably going to be more of a backup, unfortunately. Maybe that will change when JBG and Brady are back, like they might be after the international break because they've both gone to play for Ireland and Iceland. Um, but I do still think it will be a decent signing. I just think he needs a bit of time. What do you reckon,
1: Yeah, no, I've said it from day one. That the player of 31, moving from Brighton, who's already sat on the bench, ain't coming to to sit on the bench. And I felt that he was always going to be part of Sean Dash's plans and I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm not saying that that's my opinion. I'm just saying that that's what I anticipated. Um, I don't know how old he is. I just met up 31. I think he's 31.
0: Is he thirty? Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Not sure exactly. I think it's anyway. about that. Yeah. I, don't I seem to remember at the time people saying he's above 30. So he's there or thereabouts, 30-31.
1: But yeah, so like, I think he'll be a good player. And I think, you know, from, from what I'm hearing, he is a quality player. And people that have played against him have said that you know, they they thought he was a good player then and he he looks like a good player in training. I just think it's going to take him time to joke because we're not a fucking normal squad. We're not a normal 11 Premier League. We We play a different style of football to majority, if not all of the Premier League. So he's going to take him time to sort of get used to that where he's come from Brighton, where they have playing some of the most attractive football I've ever seen from a club that size.
0: Yeah, well, um, it's one of them, Minute with Brighton? Obviously, yeah, they've started trying to play attractive football and they're above us in the league, so at the minute, but um, it's one of them. They haven't started too well. I think they're just above the relegation zone. But, yeah, um, it's one of them. Like They don't want him because he's surplus to requirements because of their new style of football, like you say. So, yeah. Um it's one of them. Is he even good enough? But uh, I'd like I said. I think he is. But um, Rob Or said he looks like a good, reliable signing that should fit straight in the squad. No, the squad still needs future proofing. Though he's obviously said that before the transfer window closed. Having said that, I will point out that obviously the EFL window is still open. Uh, whether we sign someone or not is a different debate. Uh, Mark Haworth says he's a very useful addition. Has Premier League experience. Should should fit in nicely. Price made it a no brainer. I think that is a good point. That uh, one million quid. Nine hundred and ninety grand, or whatever it be. it's. It's. It doesn't matter. Even if he doesn't do well, it's. It's like a million quid to me. He's a lot of money, but to a football club, it's not a lot of money.
1: No, it's unbelievable. I think it's a great bit of business it for has someone has been that been played that amount
0: of Premier League games as well. Yeah it's, it's like, like Mark says, it's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, Lewis Bowes says, Very good signing. Does nothing for the average age of the squad, though, but does add some much-needed depth and stability. And Nathan Rogers says, We've seen this sort of signing plenty of times now, and it very rarely doesn't pay off. It brings calmness, experience, good work ethic, and won't upset the group one bit. Good business all round for the price mentioned. So, yeah, Mark and Nathan making the point of it being pretty much cheap as chips.
1: Well, thankfully, the Premier League dot giving us a Europa spot for average age, so we're all right with that. We can, as long as we get the points on the board, then we're, then we'll be successful, as they say. But I think he's all right, man. I think he's a good sided, and, and I know you're going to go into the transfer window. But I think there's there's things to come. I feel.
0: Yeah, um, I agree with that. Like I said, the video this week was late. Um, the video this week was late. Did you get a phone call then, brother? Yep, he got a phone call. Um, if you're watching on the if you're listening on the podcast, his screen goes black on the podcast, that's how I know he gets a phone call. Um, the next video is up on the Pitch sport app. Now it is already there. So if you are listening to this now and you want to answer the question, please feel free to pause the podcast or do it, whatever. you. Can. If you're listening in your headphones, you can do it. You can just get on there now and answer the question. Um, this week, I want to know if your predictions from earlier in the season have changed after watching us in the first three games. Again, me and Simon did already answer this because it was meant to be there last week, but it said this week. I said they have slightly because I was aiming for mid-table. Now I'm aiming for 16. 17th
1: I think I think that we will still push on I think that there's still a chance to finish in that sort of mid-table at range that I predicted at the beginning but it is made massively harder with the lack of transfers that are coming in so my expectations have been dampened but I still think it's an achievable thing with the 11 that we have and we've done every season we have a blip and I'm just hoping that this is it now
0: Yeah, uh, that's something my dad said on one of the comments, actually. He said, hopefully we're just having our blip now because we do seem to have one every single season. And It's because it's the Premier League. It's the hardest league in the world and you play some of the best teams in the world. All right, we've only played Newcastle and Southampton, but we have played Leicester as well. But uh, even Newcastle and Southampton, they're good sides, man. Even though they might be around us most seasons or even below us, they are still good sides. There's no easy game. Yeah, still
1: got a good 11. Yeah, no easy games in the Premier League. Also, what were... uh, it, the the blip of the season. We just need to have that crisis talk. It usually waits for like lost 10 games as a crisis talk and then it sorts it out. We'll just have it now, Dash. Please.
0: Yeah, have it now. <laughs> the ones that are out on international duty, which I'll mention in a minute, by the way, the ones that are on international duty, just FaceTime them, Zoom them, get them all into the call, sit down, have your crisis talk, make some omelettes if you need to, to bring some EFL players in, and then go from there. Happy. Yeah, happy with that. Um, if you are watching on the podcast on YouTube or on um, on Facebook at a later date that I haven't decided yet, probably Saturday, and you see that I keep looking behind the screen, it's because I'm watching the Andorra England under-21s, which Dwight McNeil has started in. Um, I've not seen much of him, though, to be honest, but... In um, I think the people that do the streams at Burnley Football Club have taken over the streams at England because the England team fucked the stream up. So I'm now having to watch on Andorra TV. Uh But thankfully, I obviously don't have any commentary on it. So it doesn't really make a difference. But it is stuttering about a lot. Um There's England having a corner now. Dwight's there on the edge of the six-yard box. Balling towards Dwight, flicks it. No, it's gone out. Anyway, I'm not doing live commentary. Um, I'm not going to get into that. Uh What I want to get into now is another emotive issue. The transfer window. Um, Again, as I've just mentioned, I do want to point out there is still, is it, what, a week, two weeks left where we can sign players on the EFL? And to be fair to Burnley, we do tend to sign players from the EFL rather than the Premier League. Um, However, Dice has come out and said he doesn't think there'll be any incomings um, even with the EFL extension. Um, But sum up the transfer window so far, um, just in one word, if, if you can. Not in, in fact, not in one word. You have as long as you want, mate. Sum up the transfer window. I can't just put one word on you I'm for not that fair, like, in shambles. How would you sum up that transfer window?
1: Oh, I you know what it were. It was a pandemic summed up in a fucking window, were not it? Let's be honest. It was like all the shit that's gone on this year, and the whole world in football seems to have continued on with it uh, in the Premier League. Anyway, sorry, but. We just decided, no, no, we're we're massively affected by this coronavirus and this pandemic, and I just think we've fucking panicked and we've we've not done anything. It's not what annoys me is it's not like they were even in their office at eleven pm with uh, Jim White ringing them up saying what's going down, lads? Have you got any? they have gone home three days before that and said we ain't doing no, don't worry about yeah. it, lads. It's there was literally never a plan to bring a player in. It felt, Um but the EFL part, I think. We have to, number one. We will do, hopefully, number two, uh, business in that. Because Dash come out and say, yeah, yeah, no worries. We, we, we know we didn't make any signs, but we've still got this. sort." Because then that's telling the message of you're desperate for players. So if he says to everybody, no, no, we, I don't think we'll do any business. Then, like you say, clubs can't drive that price up if they don't think you're desperate for it. And uh, even though we all know and the whole world knows that we are desperate for it.
0: Yeah, maybe it's uh, just me being ye of little faith, but I honestly can't see anybody coming in, even with the EFL extension. However, um, I don't know, just going back to the point of them not doing anything in the coronavirus pandemic, because a lot of people have said, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, we, we don't have a lot of money and stuff, so, you know, you, you can understand if the coronavirus pandemic has affected well, us. ball. Everybody you, you, And how many times do you hear Daesh come out and say, we are in a very healthy financial position? You can't now start saying, oh, well, coronavirus, because Daesh has come out since coronavirus and said, we are in a very healthy financial position. Don't you worry about that? We have plenty of money in the bank. And all right, I said it in different sort of words rather than plenty of money in the bank. But then at the same time, you've got garlic coming out saying, oh, we could go bus or... So What's actually happening? Do people actually know what's going on? Does anybody know what's in the bank of people talking or a Dash and Garlic saying different things because of these reports are true that they're not even talking to each other?
1: Well, you mentioned it to me. Uh, that there was an email going around where apparently Garlic said that there is money there. There's no one using it. I know it's only a rumor. I'm not saying he has said that, but uh, I, I believe there's money there. I believe that the the, the offers on the table, whether it's a st- stubbornness of negotiations, whether it's Dash that won't play, oh, a player, that's that's another argument. But I think the money's there. I do think we will sign people if that player wants to come to us right now, because we're in that we're that club. That you know, when you say, "Oh, you won't go to West Ham last year because they're fucking they're going down and they're 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 in struggles," yeah. that people will be saying that about us this year. And we and right. So, and going on to the pandemic, sort of. oh, well, we can't spend any money. You you mentioned it to me before now, and I know you can't tell us everything, but you can tell us that the structure of. Bradford City and the message that they send to their fans is far more organised and they have far more communication than what we have just from what you're telling me and that's a League 2 club.
0: Yeah, well, that's obviously some, a little bit of a different matter obviously that I'm referring there you're referring there to sort yeah, of like, yeah. because um, I was saying how it filters you know, through
1: the message. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. A lot of people have always said um, Premier League on it, League 2 off it. A lot of people have started changing that now to still stuck in the 1980s off the pitch and I don't necessarily agree with that. But obviously the point that you're making with Bradford City was um, the season tickets. Now, if you ask Burnley Football Club about the season tickets at the moment, they just say we can't say anything until the Premier League decide what they are going to do going forward. However, the what what I think they should do is have full transparency, which is the word I like to use here, because at the minute, you're looking at that football club and you haven't got a clue what's going on, whether it's at boardroom level, whether it's Sean Dyche and Garlic, it, fighting, that's my point. whether it's the season tickets, you haven't got a clue, it's because there's no transparency. They don't have the, the mentality of, yeah, we will talk to the fans on a regular basis. All right, they might have these supporters clubs meetings, but the majority of his fans don't even get to go to him. Like podcasters, for example, don't get to go to him. The media don't get to go to him. They will speak to the media. But again, when they speak to the media, they will have an agenda, as they will do when they speak to the supporters clubs. But the example with Bradford that you bring up is obviously... Obviously, the Bradford are in exactly the same boat with season tickets. They're waiting for the EFL to make a decision, which the EFL and the Premier League will make the same decision. They'll be told to make that decision by UEFA, FIFA or the FA. They will make the same decision, probably. Uh, but what Bradford do is, look, these are the three or four options that the EFL or the Premier League or football in this country will go down. If they do this option, Bradford City will do this. If they do this option, we will do this, that option, this, that option, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's just a case of, oh, we don't know because we don't know what the Premier League going to do, so we can't tell you anything. But why don't you speak to the Premier League? and find out what their options are currently and then devise a plan and a strategy for them options and then tell us what's going on. But again, like you say, it filters through, even when it comes to boardroom level. If, if they don't have the mentality of, we will talk to the fans, then they're not going to talk to the fans at any level, whether it's about season tickets, transfers, boardroom, or even dice or whatever.
1: So my point to this is, and you know me, so this is this is quite a big statement for me, even if it's not for everybody else. But I never want to say things that are sort of... Because I kind of try and look on the sympathetic side of things and and what would I do in that situation, etc. But in this scenario, I am asking someone from this club, Burnley Football Club, to to reach out to you at Turfcast and give answers to... Not just Turfcast, to the fans, because you don't want to spend money in this transfer window, but you're taking thousands of pounds a month off fans to season tickets that we're probably not going to get to use this year, you're then making it sort of not hard for us to get, but complicated for us to get in some respects because it's not everybody can get to the turf to go and claim the season ticket and they won't do it over the forms. And then there's always like a, there's always a bit of a step you've got to go through process. Instead of just saying, we've took your money, is it back? I, I want to know why they're taking all this money, give us the answers to it, and then you can't take all this money with no communication and then not be spending in the transfer window saying we've got no money, that's going to cause panic. Do you remember years ago? It's a completely different topic, but do you remember years ago when the banks were saying we've got no fucking money here? So everyone started pulling the money out of the banks. And and then that's the message you're sending out to the fans. You're saying we've got no money, but we're taking your money off you. And that doesn't make sense for me.
0: Yeah, it's uh, one of them, is it? I know a few fans have sort of like already come out on Twitter and said, "Oh, well, if you're not spending any money, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying the Well shirt. I'm not saying them, but
1: hundred percent, I back that, I back it.
0: Yeah, but it's one of them, though, is it? Like, I don't necessarily mind them so much not spending money in the transfer window. But again, it's it's the transparency thing. If they came out and said, "Look, this was our strategy in this transfer window. This is why we haven't done what we did. We are affected by coronavirus. If they want to go down that route, that's fine. Just just tell us what the crack is and stuff like that." And then again, tell us what's going on with the season tickets because people want to know what's happened to their money. I think I think mine were 450 quid. I can't remember exactly. And my dad's were 450 quid. That's just short of a grand. That's 900 quid they've got of just two people. Like you, for example. I know obviously you have different sort of tickets and stuff, but if you had full price tickets, there's you, your dad, one of your lads and uh, your best, other oh, best mate, by the way, I'll add that in, Robert, yeah. uh, who sits with... Oh, your brother as well, Jared as well. Obviously, they've all got tickets. So that's, that's, neat, that's what, two and a half grand there? That's yep. two and a half grand there. So it, and that's, that's just from two groups of fans. Not even And the great. reason I say I've got two
1: frustrations the with fans. the with the way that they, they structure it and organise getting your money back is I was in hospital at the time that the dates was given that you need to claim your money back by this. And obviously, as everyone knows, I was in hospital for like four weeks. So I've come out and not got it, but I've never heard a letter like you would do from the bank. If you didn't make a claim, they'd send you a letter saying, don't worry, you haven't made a claim, so we put it into your so-and-so account. But I, I don't even know where my money's gone. And... If I, I've been down to the club shop twice and it's been shut at like three o'clock, so it's, it's one of them. It's just always like, really complicated with being a football club in in a small town. It should be as simple as just asking your neighbour. It's yeah. literally that. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than saying, "Can I have my money?" Yeah, yeah, no, I'll put it in now.
0: Yeah, it's one of them, is it? Obviously, just to give it a full rounded sort of like look on it, to be fair to Wembley football club, I know not everyone else is in the same boat as me because, like you said, it's been quite difficult for you. I'd literally just went down to the turf and said, can I have my refund on that? They give it me and there it was done. So I did have a really pleasant experience with it. But... Yeah. Uh, not every Burnley fan is from Burnley. Look at Quilter, for example. Obviously, friend of the podcast on the watch along quite regular. New enemy of Johnny Tate. Randomly somehow, I don't know what's going on there, but <laughs> but anyway, he, he's he's a Burnley fan from Ireland. I presume he had to jump through hoops to get his refund. And like you said, it's probably gone on his Clarence card. Now he can't get to the club shop to buy the shirts. He probably not posted Clarex, at the minute but, to Ireland
1: for whatever.
0: Yeah, probably not post to Ireland for whatever reason. Then. Then it'd be a case of oh you can't. I'm wrong. I'm just I'm just speculating here. So yeah. this it, this could be wrong. So this isn't libelous. It is a complete speculation. They could just sort of like say oh well you can't use them that money in the Claret Store. It has to be done in store. And he'd be like hey but I'm from Ireland. You know they're like oh it don't matter. Sorry you're not from Burnley. It don't matter. We only think about fans from Burnley. And that again is another thing that I always go on about when they just don't market the the fans. Sorry they don't market the club to the world. They only market to the they only market it. The only market the club to the 75,000 people from Burnley. But again, it's just all the incorrect sort of like ways that they do things and stuff, which we've kind of gone on a bit of a tangent here because we were talking about transfers and now we're talking about fucking season tickets and fans not yeah. from Burnley.
1: But we ain't got... The thing is, in the club we can, can listen to this hopefully and give us an answer back to it because we're talking about this now because transfers are saying they've got no money. We've had no signings, So where's our money going? That's what we want to know. Yeah, people get... When you say
0: you don't have any money or you do stuff that makes it out like you don't have any money like not buying any people should i say people want answers people want answers and i know garlic um sometimes speaks to the burnley express or the Lancashire telegraph they're still going Lancashire telegraph i don't know lance live and the athletic um so he might do when the EFL transfer window shuts and that might be his way of being transparent to the fans or he might put a statement out there. I think they should put a statement out there now and be perfectly honest to give full transparency of what's gone on. That's that's the word that I'm going to keep using, transparency. We need to be able to look into that football club and see why they are making the decisions they are making, why they are doing the things that they are doing, why they aren't doing the things that they are doing, should I say. You need to know what's going on because it's, it's our club more so than it is some of theirs who weren't there you know what I mean but yet all the people that work there are probably know what's going on but yet yet the fans don't it, it's 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 a strange one No, that's it I,
1: I don't normally come out with comments like that but
0: no just going back to the the transfer window though I've got a couple of articles up on the on the new monitor behind me um so I just want to I just want to make a point of yes we were called negative this week um but then the person that called us negative said oh to be fair you back it you know you 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 are speaking for the majority of the fans here. Everyone's sort of agreeing with you. Well, exactly, because there's nothing to be fucking positive about. Uh, but it's not just me. It's not just Simon. It's not just our followers who are agreeing. We agreeing, agreeing, agree, agreeing with us. Obviously, Chris Borden, who's been at the Burn Express for pff, what? When I was in year eleven, I'd have been what sixteen. I did some work experience at the Burnley Express then. Chris Borden was there then. I am now 31, nearly 32. Chris Borden is still there. Um, so he's been there a long time covering Burnley Football Club. Um, so he, when he speaks, um, I know a lot of people are, are giving grief because he's a journalist and it's just fashionable to give journalists grief. Um, but even he's pretty pissed off with the way that things have gone so far in this transfer window. He says, uh, when it uh, when it comes to Burnley's shopping in the transfer market, it has usually been more Alde than Waitrose. But throughout the international window, which closed on Monday night, the strategy was more like people admit to go into the shops for a specific item, but then come home without it. Or even worse, forget to go shopping altogether. The Clarets have until 5pm on October the 16th. There's a deadline for the EFL clubs. And the Championship is usually at their favourite marketplace. So we can reassess the club's business a week on Friday. However... Yeah. As things stand, amid all being uh, sorry, amid all the calls being graded with all various media streams and how they're performed out the window, you struggle to give Burner even one star out of five. And then he goes on to say other sort of things. Like There remains a long list of players in his future. He's up in the air, out of contract in the summer. Jack Court, Matt Loughton, y- Loughton, sorry, Johan Berg-Guberson, Robbie Brady, Blaine Phil Bird, Phil Barzer, Kevin Long and Jimmy Dunwell, Jay Rodriguez, Eric Peters and Vidra are all out, although there is an option for an extra year in the club's fair that with that trio. So it's, it's, it's going slowly. To, so we're not bringing anybody in when the players that we have got in all right, a contract soon. So we're all it's it's going a little bit little bit pear shaped but um if there's there's still the fans out there that want to bury their head in the sand and, and and say, Oh well, you know, if you spend too much money, you'll end up playing late in Orient again to stay in the in the football league. You gotta remember where we come from. Shut up. That was nineteen eighty seven. I wasn't even born.
1: My argument with that is you if you want to stay in the Premier League and you don't want to go. You want to think it. You've got to move forward because if you stand still, you get left behind. Right? It's as simple oh. as that. If you get stand still, like we have done this season, you, we will get left behind. And then the Orient days will be back, regardless of men spending money, because the clubs will pull the money out. The, the the board, sorry, will pull the money out, and then you're back to the Orient days. You're back to the League One days of or Division Two, as it was. And you have to spend money. You can't just hide it. It's all well and good, people sitting there
0: and going, oh, we're a small-town club. That's another narrative that pisses me off, by the way. We're punching above our weight. That's another narrative that pisses me off, by the way. Yes, we are a small-town club, and yes, we should embrace the fact that we are a small-town club amongst the big cities in the Premier League, but we should embrace the fact more that we are competing and have proven that we can, can compete and can continue to compete if we follow the model that we were doing a few years ago, which was buying players, younger players, and selling them on for bigger fees and stuff. For some reason... You know, It's not something we want to do anymore. We don't even want to buy anybody. But um, the point I wanted to get to before I started just getting annoyed again is some people say, oh, what do you expect us to do? Spend 50 million quid and go bust. Number one, if we spent 50 million quid, we wouldn't go bust. Number two, no. Nobody's asking us to spend 50 million quid. If we'd have spent 10 million quid on two, five million players, the mood would be a lot better if, if we'd have spent 20 million quid on four players or, or even two better players, it would have been a lot better. But you need to speculate to accumulate. You need to spend money to stay in this league. Else, like Simon says, you are just going to get left behind, which is what, what has happened this season. Southampton have improved. Villa look absolutely brilliant. I know that's a different example because they do have a lot of money. Leeds are spending money. Again, that's a they similar... They spent product. it well. We'll, yeah, well, this time it looks like they spent it well, yeah. But we did say that last year. But I do think this year they're going to, they're going to top 10 Villa for me. Um, but even Sheffield United signing Ryan Brewster, that's a club that is very similar. I know again, people have got oh they got backers, but they're not throwing money at it. They just they spent twenty seven million quid on Brewster. Yes, yeah, decent amount of money. Sorry, we're at 23, 27, I can't remember, but it's a decent amount of money. But it's not not the amount of money that we cannot stretch to. It's the money that we should be able to sort of like push out the ball because apparently we're in a very healthy financial position. So it's it's it's, it's mind boggling.
1: I just put a, a, a blase. Uh, tweet out about Wilshire being a freak, and we afford him. Um, and and, and the people were mixed on that. Like a lot of most people were saying, I was thinking that and then there was quite a big chunk of it still saying, No, oh, no, we don't want him, he's too injury prone, he costs too much, he does this, he does that. Well, Welbeck, same argument, he's on 100 grand a week, just been released from a championship club. Now, we don't want to get to that point, but they're spending money and they're still in the championship because they've made the wrong signings or what have you. But their players are getting released now, and you just think we're still not even investing. We're going to save. They saying we don't want to spend the wages on that. That's absolutely fine. If you don't think Wilsh wilsh is a good enough player, that's a different argument. My argument is, if you're getting in for free, you can afford sixty grand a week because you're saving ten million on transfer fees that you would have had to buy Wilshire for a year ago. Uh, so the- it's a silly argument for me that we can't afford someone's wages when they're free.
0: And it is uh, people will come out and say, oh, you don't want to upset the apple cart, but I think players are intelligent enough to sort of like say, yeah, I got a fucking £5 million signing on bonus. This guy hasn't. Um What else were I going to say then? Uh you were talking about um well yeah, that's it. And another we, we always have this attitude for some reason of oh he's not good enough for us, but yeah, we're not bringing anybody in, so he has to be good enough for... Johnny Evans, perfect example when he was available um a couple of seasons ago when he left West Brom, I think it was. Burnley fans were like Johnny Evans is washed up, he's old, he's not good enough. He's gone into Leicester and he has been fantastic. He would yep. have fit alongside Ben Mee or Tarque, say Tarky if Tarky hey. left brilliantly.
1: Joey Barton were even at his fucking prime. When we got him, he were, he were past it, if I'm honest with you. But he played unbelievable in our system. And some players just fit in our system and others don't. And I don't think Wilshere would have been a bad signing if we could have. No, well,
0: he's still available. So it's one of them. I think I think the perfect scenario the Wilshire will be, he knows that he is made of glass. He knows that clubs will worry on taking a risk on him. Of course they will. And a club of Burnley's size will probably worry even more. So he'd probably be up for pay-as-you-play. I'm sure he will but I know Maybe, but Joe Hart we keep
1: using this example but they paid him a fucking lot of money when they knew they weren't going to use him
0: exactly so but I a, ended up using him a lot, probably because of that. I don't, who knows? Uh, again, that's something we'll never know about. Uh, but it's not just me. It's not just Chris Borden. It's not just Simon. Uh, friend of the podcast, Alex James, has also done a similar article uh, this time around. And Andy Jones has done one as well. But if you're listening, Andy, which I know sometimes he does do, so shout out to Andy for listening. Apologies for not reading out one of yours. My. Um, can't log into Athletic for whatever reason, and I haven't ran out. It's still going, so I'll try and sort that at some point. But anyway, Alex James at Lanks Live says Burnley chairman Mike Garlick has always said that the Clarets' aim going into a transfer window is to be stronger coming out of it than they were going into it. This cannot be said this time around. The Clarets have added just goalkeeper Will Norris and midfield at Dale Stevens this summer, and despite Sean Dyche calling for action ten days ago and admitting after the defeat to Newcastle a few days ago that the squad is one or two players short. Um, yeah, Burnley have not sufficiently bolstered the squad, and it is clear it is in need of reinforcements. But let's not paper over the cracks, because he goes on to talk about some positives after that. Let's not paper over the cracks, um, and they are more than cracks. We are in subsidence territory. So it, um, it says if Burnley was a house, it's a family home with a fair bit of work needed on it. The grass is too long, the back bedroom's a mess, and it doesn't have the wood glazing. And all the, all the around the street, the 19 properties are getting extensions, conservators, and manicured gardens. And I quite like that um, analogy. Um, I think it's quite good. Are you messing with your leg brace there, young Sorry, sir? Man, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very loud. Uh, Apologies if you've got headphones on. Um, but I know I said uh, this one could be a little bit shorter. It's ended up being probably one of the longest of, of season two so far. Um, but is there anything you want to add before we go, Simon? We've, we've put we've tried to put the world the Burnley Football Club world to rights. A lot of people will probably think we're morons. I think we're talking shit. Hopefully, a few of you agree with us. Feel free. I'm always happy to get people um, to, to to message the page, get their opinion across. I'll always read them out next time around. If you want to come on the podcast, you can always send me voice notes and things like that, or even come on some live podcasts in the future and stuff like that we have a discord channel um that again you can you can come on through discord via the voice channels on there if if you know how to work discord and things like that so we are always up for getting your opinion on matters and stuff like this is a very emotive issue um so don't just use the pitch sport app please use that as well but also if there's something that we haven't asked on the pitch sport app and you want to talk to us about just message the page but like i said sorry before i digressed is anything you want to add anything you want to?
1: oh good mate thanks for having us
0: Happy days. Well, that's it from us then. Just short of an hour this week. Hopefully that keeps you entertained through the international break. As mentioned earlier, the quiz is back this week. It will be back on Friday at 7.30pm, I think I said. Um, Live exclusive to Facebook. I will probably put it up on YouTube afterwards, but it won't be live on YouTube. It's just live on Facebook. So if you haven't liked us on Facebook, please do already. Like us on Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. We're nearly at 150 subscribers, so if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. but yeah, that's it. Like us on all social media channels. Join the Discord channel if you can. Um, England under 21s are currently getting beat to Andorra. That will be out of Walking date. As soon as this, that will be out of date as soon as this goes out. So I don't even know why I've said it. Just open it up, and it's a bit of a shocker. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Simon, and we will see you for the quiz on Friday night. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is
1: proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.